Welcome to A Great Big City News, episode 24. De Blasio declares and Manhattan Hinge dawns. Hi, I'm Trace Gilton, founder of A Great Big City. This week we've got a few summary stories for you as the weather turns warmer and an in-depth look at an accident that happened on the Brooklyn Bridge over 100 years ago. If you'd like to support this podcast, visit agreatbigcity.com support where you can make a one-time or monthly donation. And if you're a New York-based business and would be interested in sponsoring our podcast, visit agreatbigcity.com advertising to view rates and learn more. 62 years ago on May 25, 1957, the south tube of the Lincoln Tunnel opens, becoming the third and the newest tube of the tunnel and the second longest at 8,006 feet. The opening came 20 years after the first center tube that had opened in 1937. Maybe the third tube was necessary after Abbott and Costello flew a space rocket through there in 1953's Abbott and Costello Go to Mars. KA-5749 calling rocket ship M1. Rocket ship M1, come in. Over. It's no use. I don't suppose either one of them knows how to operate a radio. Calling the experimental laboratory. Calling the experimental laboratory. We're up in the air. How do we get down? Give me 50 cents. What for? We're going through the Lincoln Tunnel. What's with you? Just saw a rocket ship come out of the Lincoln Tunnel. Brother, you've had enough. We interrupt the ball game to announce that a rocket ship just flew through the Lincoln Tunnel. Ladies and gentlemen, our mayor has asked that we all remain calm in this emergency. Everything possible will be done to protect you. On orders from Washington, the commander of strategic defense has alerted all branches of the service. This is not the usual flying saucer scare. This unidentified aircraft was seen by thousands as it flew through the Lincoln Tunnel. 21 years ago on May 26, 1998, the Supreme Court rules that the majority of Ellis Island belongs to New Jersey. In 1834, the states had agreed that islands in the area would belong to New York, while New Jersey would get rights to half the waterway. Ellis Island was expanded by dumping ballast from ships and debris from subway tunnel excavation, and it was decided that this artificial part of the island took up part of New Jersey's waterway access. The expanded portion of Ellis Island, about 90%, became part of New Jersey, with the original natural footprint of the island becoming New York property that is completely surrounded by a New Jersey border. When I prepare the podcast, I look through the history pages on a great big city, review dozens of news stories from the week, and read newspapers from the 1800s, but you may have noticed something missing from last week's episode. It wasn't until after recording that I realized I had completely forgotten that Mayor de Blasio had announced his run for president. It seems like everyone else did also, as a Quinnipiac poll revealed this week that potential voters give de Blasio the lowest marks of any potential candidate. The survey may be a bit thin, with just 1,078 nationwide voters surveyed and 454 who identify as Democratic, but de Blasio earned the worst results of any declared candidate. 
When asked which candidate they would vote for if the Democratic primary was held today, de Blasio was one of many candidates tied for last place, with former Vice President Joe Biden taking the top spot, with 35% giving him their vote. When those surveyed were asked about each candidate individually, most of the long-shot candidates received similar numbers, where about 75% of those surveyed said they hadn't heard enough about the candidate, and 15% saying they had an unfavorable view of the candidate. That is, until the survey reached de Blasio, where there was still a 48% response saying they hadn't heard enough about him, but also a whopping 45% saying they have an unfavorable opinion of him, far higher than any other candidate. It wasn't just Republicans dragging down those survey numbers. Among Democratic respondents, 35% still had an unfavorable opinion of him, again far higher than any other candidate's numbers. Maybe it's time for him to reconsider this confident answer from last week's raucous Trump Tower Green New Deal press conference. Does all this make you more and less likely to want to run for president? It's another day in New York City, Willie. This is, I'm not surprised by this at all. Doesn't bother me one bit. We are here to talk about the New York City Green New Deal. We don't care if people want to hold us back. We're going to fight for the New York City Green New Deal. Thank you, everybody. Summer evenings make for great conditions for viewing the night sky, and the Amateur Astronomers Association of New York will be holding viewing sessions where you can look through a large telescope and learn about objects visible in the skies above the city. Visit aaa.org for the full schedule throughout the summer, or stop by the Lincoln Center Plaza on Friday, May 24th, and Saturday, May 25th, and also find them on the High Line in the Meatpacking District on Tuesday, May 28th. Put on your darkest sunglasses and hold your cell phone camera high, because on Wednesday, May 29th and Thursday, May 30th, Manhattan Hinge brings its golden glow to the streets of New York. Sun worshippers will be dashing into the intersections just before sundown to see the twice-a-year phenomenon when the setting sun lines up with the Manhattan street grid. Check out our guide with photography tips and the best viewing locations at agreatbigcity.com slash manhattanhinge and send in your photos to a great big city on social media. Eighty-nine years ago on May 27, 1930. The Chrysler Building opens with a formal ceremony, but construction would not be complete until August 1930. It became the world's tallest building after a surprising ending to what had been declared the Race to the Sky, where the Chrysler Building, 40 Wall Street, and the Empire State Building were all under construction and racing to surpass the Woolworth Building's height. Although 40 Wall, then called the Bank of Manhattan Building, was completed first and had taken the title of World's Tallest Building, The architects at the Chrysler Building had a trick prepared, and just one month later they took the title away by revealing the Chrysler Building's 125-foot iconic spire, bolting it together in the span of 90 minutes and bringing the final height of the building to 1,046 feet. The architects of Forty Wall would argue that their building should still be considered the world's tallest as it contained actual usable floor space at a higher level. 
The Chrysler Building would soon lose the tallest building title just one year later when the Empire State Building would win the race to the sky and remain the world's tallest building until the World Trade Center was built. The stainless steel of the Chrysler Building may still be shining in the sun, but if you remember episode 12 of the podcast, you know that the Chrysler Building recently sold at a massive discount. Although investments in the building throughout the 2000s approached $1 billion, the building sold in March 2019 for around $151 million. With a daunting amount of revitalization ahead if it intends to compete with office space available in brand new super tall towers in Midtown and Hudson Yards. Interviewed in the Financial Times, the building's new owner and art collector, A.B. Rosen, acknowledged the accomplishment of Hudson Yards, but criticized its sterility as not fitting in with the New York environment. Rosen didn't reveal any details of the upcoming renovation, but he seemed comfortable with the building's history, intending to update the building to function in a modern world, but still retain the intention of the artist who first constructed it. From May 21st to May 28th, Fleet Week comes to town, with ships and aircraft from the Navy, Marines, and Coast Guard. While the parade of ships and the frequent flyovers of military aircraft are the most visible events, there will also be concerts, ship tours, and ceremonial events throughout the week, even including a giant tank of water in Times Square where Navy divers will show what gear they wear to dive underwater. Visit the link in the show notes to see the full schedule. Six years ago on May 27, 2013, opening day of the City Bike System with 332 stations and 6,000 bikes. It's now the largest bike-sharing program in the United States. In 2018, ride-sharing company Lyft acquired the parent company of City Bike and other bike-share companies and continues to operate them as a separate business. As of March 2019, there were 757 stations and over 12,000 bikes, with City Bikers taking an average of 43,604 rides each day, hitting a high of more than 67,000 rides on March 30th. 17 years ago on May 28, 2002, workers cut down the final piece of steel at Ground Zero, ending the cleanup effort after the September 11th attacks. In an evening ceremony, workers marched behind drummers and bagpipe players into the excavated pit left by the towers. Members of multiple trade unions shared a blowtorch and each cut away at the final 58-ton piece of the South Tower, which would be taken away on a flatbed truck in the morning. The steel was signed by hundreds of workers and painted with the numbers of civilians and emergency responders from each department who were lost in the attack. It was wrapped in black fabric as it was transported away from the site. The beam went to an airplane hangar at JFK Airport and underwent a historical preservation process and was transported back to the site seven years later. The beam now stands in the main hall of the September 11th Museum. 136 years ago, on May 30, 1883, Memorial Day visitors overcrowd a Brooklyn Bridge stairway and cause a stampede that kills 12 people and injures dozens more. The Brooklyn Bridge had only been open six days, but a tragic event struck when something caused a crowd of people to panic as they were climbing a set of stairs at the Brooklyn Bridge. The details are still unclear to this day, but in newspaper reports from the time of the event, 
The New York Times described a crush of people going up the stairs at the Manhattan side of the bridge, and the New York Tribune claimed that there had been an ongoing problem with crowding at that location. Although described as a stampede, the event sounds more like extreme overcrowding, with the Tribune including details that some people fell over the sides of the stairway and were trampled as people rushed away. The Memorial Day holiday and the recently opened bridge attracted huge crowds in what the Tribune called a fatal fascination. With bands playing music and people stopping to admire the skyline, which led to as many as 15,000 to 20,000 pedestrians on the bridge at one time. Pedestrians were charged one penny to cross the bridge, so after the disaster, a review of the tolls collected reveals that 97,224 people had paid to cross the bridge that day, which was actually down from the previous Sunday when 163,500 people had crossed. The crowding was worse on the Manhattan side, as more people entered the bridge from there and, like many do today, turned around at some point to return, increasing the number of people attempting to pass by each other on stairways. The growing crowd backed up as people slowed down to descend the stairs and caused a crush of people in the crowds behind who had no other escape. Panic set in and the crowds jostled and pushed, trying to escape until bridge workers arrived and removed a piece of iron fence that allowed pedestrians to exit the path. Here's a quote from W.H. Hunt, interviewed by the Tribune, who had been on the bridge that day. W.H. Hunt of 107 Nassau Street said, quote, I started to cross the bridge about 4 o'clock, but turned back after I had got about halfway over on account of the crowd. I noticed a jam in front of me, but there was a constant stream flowing from Brooklyn, and before I was aware of the danger, I was firmly wedged in the crowd and carried irresistibly toward the fatal steps. The people went down those steps by the score, and we that were behind couldn't stop. With the screams of the women, the shouts of the men, the cries of the children, it was the most horrible thing I ever saw. There didn't seem to be anybody there with any authority, and the people were perfectly panic-stricken. I was not over half a dozen steps away from the stairs when the police and ambulances arrived, and I don't doubt but that I should have been seriously injured had they arrived fifteen minutes later. The pressure of the crowd was irresistible. Unquote. On June 1st, two days after the tragedy, the Tribune described the scene on the bridge where much smaller crowds passed by the stairs and the general feeling of celebration that had carried over from the bridge's recent opening day ceremony was now gone. And finally, on a happier note, get that sunscreen ready. The city's public beaches will be opening on May 25th. Swimming is permitted from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. as long as there is a lifeguard present and the area is not closed due to water quality or dangerous conditions. Visit Coney Island Beach and Boardwalk, Brighton Beach and Manhattan Beach next to Coney Island, Rockaway Beach, Cedar Grove Beach and Great Hills Park in Staten Island, Midland Beach and South Beach in Staten Island, Orchard Beach and Pelham Bay Park, and Wolf's Pond Beach in Staten Island. Great Big City has been running a 24-hour news feed since 2010, but the AGBC News podcast is just getting started and we need your support. A Great Big City is built on a dedication to explaining what's happening and how it fits into the larger history of New York. 
which means thoroughly researching every topic and avoiding clickbait headlines to provide a straightforward, honest, and factual explanation of the news. Individuals can make a monthly or one-time contribution at agreatbigcity.com support. And local businesses can have a lasting impact by supporting local news while promoting their products or services directly to interested customers listening to this podcast. Visit agreatbigcity.com advertising to view rates and learn more. A Great Big City is more than just a news website. Our fireworks page monitors the city's announcements of upcoming fireworks, lists them on the site, and automatically sends out a notification just before the fireworks begin so that you can watch the show or prepare your pet for the upcoming explosion sounds. Visit agreatbigcity.com fireworks to see the full calendar and follow A Great Big City on social media to receive the alerts. Park of the Day The Parks Department oversees a lot of empty space around the city that you wouldn't even notice, but I think today's park is probably the saddest bit of parkland I've ever seen. The Astoria Boulevard Concrete Triangle at Astoria Boulevard and 81st Street is a sad little piece of property, little more than a traffic island situated next to busy Astoria Boulevard. Sometime around 2011, the park lost all its small trees, leaving only one surviving tree and four other square patches of grass amidst the concrete where other trees used to stand. Even more depressing, there are now 4 by 4 wooden posts erected in the patches of grass that have a small Parks Department logo attached, marking where trees used to be planted as far back as the 1950s. In Parks events, Washington Square Park will be holding a May tour. Take a guided tour to see the features and attractions of Washington Square Park. Meet at Holly Plaza on the west side of the park on Saturday, May 25th at 1 p.m. And now let's see what our robot friend has found within City Bike Biking Distance on the concert calendar. Here's the AGBC concert calendar for the upcoming week. American football and pure bathing culture are playing Warsaw on Friday, May 24th and Saturday, May 25th. Greta Van Fleet is playing Forest Hills Stadium on Saturday, May 25th. Bjork is playing The Shed in Hudson Yards on Tuesday, May 28th. The Distillers and Starcrawler are playing Brooklyn Steel on Wednesday, May 29th. Apocalyptica is playing the Bergen Performing Arts Center on Thursday, May 30th. L7 and the Butcherettes are playing elsewhere on Friday, May 31st. Governor's Ball Music Festival comes to Randall's Island Park on Friday, May 31st. Bikini Kill is playing Brooklyn Steel on Friday, May 31st. Trade Wind, Only Sibling, and Semaphore are playing The Knitting Factory on Friday, May 31st. Kevin Morby and Sam Cohen are playing Town Hall on Friday, May 31st. Bikini Kill is playing Terminal 5 on Saturday, June 1st. Soccer Mommy and Pom Pom Squad are playing Brooklyn Bazaar on Saturday, June 1st. Sunflower Bean is playing Mercury Lounge on Saturday, June 1st. 21 Pilots are playing the Barclays Center on Tuesday, June 4th. Local Natives and Middle Kids are playing Brooklyn Steel on Thursday, June 6th. Alexis on Fire is playing Terminal 5 on Saturday, June 8th. 
and Beach House is playing Brooklyn Steel on Sunday June 9th and Monday June 10th. Thanks for listening. Find more fun things to do at agreatbigcity.com slash events. Here's something you may not have known about New York. Mobile food vendors and food trucks in the city are being outfitted with battery-powered location-sharing devices so that the Department of Health can find them and conduct random inspections. Extreme highs and lows for this week in weather history. A record high of 96 degrees on May 22, 1941, and a record low of 39 degrees on May 24, 1963. Weather for the week ahead. Rain on Thursday and gusty winds on Friday, with highs rising into the 80s on Sunday and Monday. Thanks for listening to A Great Big City. Follow along 24 hours a day on social media at A Great Big City, or email contact at A Great Big City with any news, feedback, or topic suggestions. Subscribe to A Great Big City News wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, TuneIn Radio, or listen to each episode on the podcast pages at agreatbigcity.com slash podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening, and visit our podcast site to see show notes and extra links for each episode. Thanks for being part of a great big city. Something happens. I don't want to go to the moon. If I'm on the green cheese, I go to the delicatessen.